Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Bloomfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today I am joined by the infamous Australian PT, Dazza, who's just enjoying a tinny and a durry. Well, it's show. been a tough day, hasn't it? Welcome, <clears throat> Dazza. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Oh, it's really great to have you on the show. <clears throat> I know, pleasure's all mine. And just before we get into it, uh, because I've got a few questions here that have come in from the uh, listeners, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and why you became a PT and why you like helping Sheila's? Um, Well, apart from my, you know, physical attributes of being a very extremely good-looking fella, um, I kind of just sort of fell into it because I was going to the gym and, uh, you know, I'd been mentored by some pretty strong dudes, guys like Arnold and Lou Frigno and all these kind of guys. And, you know, after a while, you know, I kind of really know what I'm doing. I just go into the gym and see all these, mainly the Sheilas just getting it wrong. And I thought, well, fuck me, there's probably an opportunity here to make some money. So here we are. Yeah, it's pretty great. simple, really. You know, I just realized that uh, there was a need and I fulfilled it. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, it's really good. And, uh, and you know, have you got any shows coming up or are you competing or anything like that? Anything? No, nah, I'm retired now because, uh, you know, my I'm just so busy with, uh, with coaching the Sheilas and, and making sure good content is going out. Ah. So, you know, it really uh, keeps me on my toes. I get lots of messages. Really? You know, I'm here to help. So, well, it's good. We really enjoy seeing your content. Lots of great training tips, Dazza. So many good training tips. I, I agree. Right. Well, look, let's just get right into it. You know, I've just opened it up to the listeners today to, yeah. uh, to uh, you know, ask some questions. We've got some training questions and some nutrition and then just some random questions. Yep. You know, They're my favorite. So we'll, we'll start with the training. So um, uh, this is uh, from Karen. Karen wants to know. Karen, it's quite the common name, isn't it? It is. Eh? It is. Kaza? Kaza wants to know. Shout out to Kaza. Hey, Kaza. Kaza wants to know. You know, should I be cutting carbs, if sugar and carbs from my diet if I want to lose weight? Uh, well, no, because if you just think about it, carbs are life. Everyone enjoys carbs. Anyone who says they don't enjoy carbs is probably a fucking alien. Let's be honest. So, you know, and I, I think from the, the point of a, a body composition standpoint. And what does that mean, does it, for all the shillings out there that don't understand body composition? Well, body composition is basically when you look at your body weight and understanding what the composition of that body weight is. So in, in this context, it's muscle and it's fat, right? We all know we want more muscle and we sure as shit don't want any more fat. So when we're thinking about positive body composition change, we know that more muscle is going to be equated from what you do in the gym and your ability to get stronger in the gym over time. That's what's going to build the muscle, right? And the amount of calories that you eat is what's going to control your body weight. And the fat is essentially the difference between those two, right? You can't train for fat loss, so to speak, even though a lot of rubbish is advertised these days that you can do this fat burning workout what a lot of crap right obviously you burn fat when you're caloric deficit but you know ultimately at the end of the day body composition is just that ratio difference between muscle and fat strength training builds the muscle 
the amount of calories you eat is what controls your body weight. It's really that simple. So when we're thinking about carbohydrates specifically, we're thinking about carbohydrates being fuel, being energy. And if we want to get through those taxing workouts to force those, force the stimulus from those sets to create an adaptation, you need fuel to be able to do that. You don't recover for free. There's nothing free in this world. So we need to make sure that we're eating enough of our body's preferred uh, fuel source in order to facilitate that process. So you just eat your carbohydrates. So, so what I'm picking up here is that in order to lose body fat or lose weight, that, that requires a caloric deficit. That's correct. doesn't mean you have to completely cut out food groups. No, no. no that's not what that means at all. Mm. I mean, it's an easy way to do it. This is where all the, the ketogenic folk like to get on board with this because they just cut out carbohydrates and they go, well, look at me, I've lost all this weight. And it's just like, well, you've just cut out an entire macronutrient group. Mm. You know, if you were eating two or 300 grams of carbs a day, you cut that out. Like that's going to re- reduce your total caloric intake by a lot. You know, and there's no rocket science behind that. You've just created a massive deficit by reducing or removing an entire macronutrient group. So, you know... Some people like doing that. I haven't really met anyone who enjoys doing that, certainly not in the long term. Well, not keto Karen, that's for sure. No, certainly not that. Fucking hell, it's a pain in the ass. So in this case, it's just like, well, you just need to create a caloric deficit. You can do that with carbs still in there. You can still do that with fat in there. Obviously, you always need to have protein in there. So you're better off just finding a ratio of those three, certainly when it comes to carbs and fats, that's going to be enjoyable for you and sustainable. Obviously, we're always a little bit more biased to a bit more carbohydrate because lifting weights is glycolytic in nature, which means it uses carbohydrates for fuel. So it just makes sense for you to use a bit more of the ratio between carbs and fats to make up your calories from carbohydrates. Mm. And that's when I Mm. said carbs is life because everyone enjoys carbohydrates. Mm. We all like having a little bit of ice cream here and there, don't we, Sheilas? Sure do. Yeah, sure sure do. Um. Oh, that's great. A question too here from Sally. Sally wants... Sally. Shout out to Shatha. Sally. Sally wants to know, Dazza, do I need to track my food if I want to lose weight? Um, It's generally going to be preferred because I'm yet to see anyone lose weight and change their body composition in a sustainable way and keep it off in the long term without tracking. If there's anyone out there who's done it, feel free to reach out because I'd be very interested to know your strategy of how you implement it. But I think if you want, because if we think about it from the point of, let's say you're 75 kilos and you want to get down to 68 kilos, right? What you're saying there is that you want to lose X amount of weight. That's a measurable result. We want to see measurably that weight coming down week after week your girth measurements coming down week after week. These are all objective measures, right? We can easily measure them. So if if we focus on tracking the thing that's going to have the biggest influence in that outcome, then it just makes sense to track that thing because then you know if it's not working, you can then adjust that particular thing, in this case, the food that you're eating. If you're tracking it diligently, you can then just make that adjustment up or down, whatever you need to do to make sure that you are heading in the right direction. So it's just it's just really a simple way. It's a more efficient way of getting to your goal, right? And if you're just tracking that stuff on a week-to-week basis, it just becomes so easy to understand what's going on. 
And I think certainly for the Sheilas out there, there's a lot of emotional attachment to the scales and food and how they look and how they feel. And often that emotional, that emotional brain power kind of forces them to do dumb shit, do dumb shit diets and take drastic measures. And most of the time, if you just measured the thing that actually mattered to get that objective outcome, you'd realize all of that emotional shit that you've done in the past is just a giant fucking waste of time, Mm. right? So if we just kind of think about that, we measure the thing to give us the measurable outcome that we want, Mm. piece of piss. Well, it's interesting, Dazza. We, uh, we've had a, a Kitty Martone join our program. Um, she's gorgeous. I love her. I've done a podcast. Shout out to Kitty. <laughs> what a good name. Solid um, name. No, she, another chick named Kitty. Mm. She's pretty solid too. Mm, she's sitting right here, Dazza, obviously. Um, I thought your name was Karen or Kaza, isn't that? Kaza's your partner. Huh? Oh, we just get lost these days, you it's know. It's all, all the women that you've got on the go. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, so Kitty's joined out. She's the uh, she's the healthy gut girl on um, on Instagram. She's the CEO of Onyas, which is they make progesterone cream. And uh, I saw her post in her Facebook group uh, that you know she's because she's working with Coach Nissa, I think she's working with Coach Yeah. So she, you know, when when people come into the program, the coach works with them, says, "Look, how many meals do you want to have per day?" And I think with most of our clients, anywhere between four to six meals is preferable. I mean, but look, if you can only do three, then just do three. But I think it's about finding the meal frequency that works for you. And, yeah, we really want to try and balance our blood sugar and eat well. Balanced meals, which you'll agree with, Dazza, I'm sure, every three to five hours. You know, stop you going on the roller coaster of the stress hormones up and down, up and down, which can be very helpful if you've got a ton of, like, you know, hormonal imbalances. It's interesting, these small – well, they're not small, they're actually big things – Simple things, if you do consistently well, can improve a lot of your issues. But anyway, she was just saying, oh, look, it's really uh, new to me counting the macros and eating these regular meals because I think she was someone who just unconsciously underate, you know, and skipped meals, like would get busy. Um, and I had a lady, this is related to this, people are like, what the fuck, Tangent, are you going on here? But the lady messaged me to an Instagram. I posted a picture of my lunch and it was... I think 200 or 300 grams of cooked rice in broth, this chilli, slow-cooked chilli with beans and other shit, and then a big bowl of fruit. And it was like 750 calories. And she looked at it and she said, oh, I'd be so hungry. That portion looks so small. And it just shows, I think, if you're not actually – like people don't really know until you weigh and measure and track things. A lot of women either under-eat or they under-eat, then they binge-eat or they're overeating. So I think, you know, this is the – the beauty of the tracking because once you plan prep in advance you know exactly what you're eating you know you eat those regular meals you'll start to feel good you'll have good energy and you just don't really know until you do it i think you know like yeah i'd agree and i think with a lot of um women you can generally kind of look at their body weight and look at some photos and generally determine which one of those categories they fall into um you know often you know women who are, who are carrying maybe 10 15 plus kilos more than they should you know more times than not they believe that they're under eating and they're dieting but they're not it's impossible to be like 80 90 kilos and eating 1200 calories yes yeah absolutely like it's it doesn't make sense the body weight doesn't match the calories that they say they're eating Mm. so you know we've spoken about before about you know what people are what they do what, what they believe they're doing and what they're actually doing are two different things whereas somebody who comes in who's like 57 kilos you know, when you're at 57 kilos, you know that you eat sweet fuck all, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time. Right? Mm. You might have the odd binge, but a person who's that small is a pretty good restrictor. 
Mm. And then like me, can, I was a good restrictor. That's yeah. right. But then you can actually look at their photos and actually look at their composition, like lean body mass ratio, and you can go, wow, you're a massive restrictor, plus you also have low muscle mass. Mm. You know, so then, then it's kind of a case, well, we need to get you to eat a little bit more and build some more muscle in it. But, but you can generally just by looking at the person and getting an understanding of their stats mm. can kind of understand which category this person falls in, whether they're a big restrictor and a binger or they're a constant restrictor and they never overeat or they're mm. constantly overeating. It's pretty easy to say that. And it's very, it's, I wouldn't say it's a rare thing, but it's a pretty close to rare thing where people have got a severe enough metabolic issue that it's actually having some sort of effect on their ability to lose weight and i don't even really agree with that there are some studies that sort of show that stuff but you know at the end of the day the vast majority of people don't have any of the 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 issues around their metabolism they believe they do and if they don't that it's only affecting them to a point Mm. the vast majority of the time they're just not being as accurate as they need to be Mm. with how they're planning and prepping their food Mm. and it's so easy to do like when you go out you know like you think like oils are sort of like we, you know, I went out for lunch on the weekend and it was everything was so fatty and there's so much, like it's so hard to measure. I'm not saying you should never go out, but it well, just you can't so, measure it. You're not you, measuring it. No, you're right. You know, yeah. and the restaurant's there to make the food taste as amazing as possible and mm. you douse everything in oil if you want that to be the case. True. Or beer true. in this case. Well, let's not talk about alcohol because that'll get you a bit stirred up. Um, okay. Question uh, um, from Sam. Do I need to strength train when I'm trying to lose weight? Yes. Yes, you want to be strength training because there's two goals when it comes to fat loss. Obviously, the one goal is to lose fat. But when you're losing fat and you're in a caloric deficit, you're more prone to faster muscle loss as well because the the, the, uh, stress hormones are a lot higher during a deficit. So when cortisol is high, it's going to then break down your muscle tissue and use that tissue for extra amino acids to you know, facilitate more energy. And that's ultimately when you lose the fat, you want to look like that toned individual. So especially if you don't have a lot of muscle to begin with, when you're in a deficit, you are going to lose some muscle. That's just the nature of how things roll. So if you lose your fat and you go into a deficit and you lose fat and you're not doing strength training, you're not doing anything to at least try and maintain the muscle that you've got, then you're going to be in a whole world of hurt by the end of that dieting phase because while you might have lost some weight, say you lost like five kilos, you would have lost some fat but you also would have lost some muscle. That then down-regulates your basal metabolic rate and therefore you now are on a lower Um, BMR, which then means that once you start eating a bit more food, because you've lost that muscle, the fat's going to come on quicker and you're going to get fatter at a, uh, and and go up higher in body weight as well. So it's it's never a pleasant outcome. The goal should always to be lose fat and maintain muscle as much as possible, preferably actually go through a a muscle gain phase before you do that. That was going to be my next question, Des. I was was talking to a, a woman today, she's signing up to her program. And she's a dietitian, and uh, she's you know done a lot of things you know to lose weight, tried a lot of things just to try it out for her clients, mm-hmm. and uh, you know she's like, oh, I just I think she's wasn't very overweight. She might be like you know, eighty kilos or something, um, and not super short. But you know she she's I tried to explain to her, look, 
you know, when you come into the program, you really need to focus. And she had some health issues too. So I said, you've got to stop trying to just focus on weight loss. It's not just about coming in and cutting your calories and doing a fat loss phase. We need to, you know, sit you at maintenance for a while, focus on getting to that gym and build muscle, build up your maintenance calories a bit mm. so that, you know, you fix your health issues, you know, because your body needs nutrients and energies, not, a, not energy, not only to build muscle, but to, you know, improve these health issues. And then, you know, once you've built up certain, you know, built, built your numbers up to certain targets, you know, because we can give those to you to show you what, you know, what you need to lift to achieve your desired body competition. Then when you're a good space, when you've got more muscle, then we can do a more aggressive calorie deficit. But I'm like, if you continue to try and cut your calories before you build your foundation and your base and your metabolism, you're always going to be chasing your tail like you are now. And it's so interesting, you know, and I get it because I was in that position, you know, nine years ago. But if you can, if the Sheila's out there could just knuckle down and focus on, you know, improving the health issues, building muscle, getting to a good space, when it's time to lose body fat, it'll just come off so much quicker and your body will be healthy and more resilient. And what do you think about that, Dazza? No, I completely agree. Nothing to add? Not really. I think you said it all pretty well, to be honest. Mm. I mean, it's, it's just... It's just coming back to do the fundamental basics well enough for long enough. I mean, that, that that's really all that it comes down to. And I, and I think if you don't measure the things that actually matter, then you're completely ignorant to whatever result that you get. Do you know? And, and this is what ultimately leads people down these rabbit holes of thinking that they've got metabolic issues, or they've got this issue, or they've got that issue. And the reality is if you just tracked how much protein, carbs, and fats you were in taking per day and you were measuring your fasted body weight and you were doing your measurements once a week and then working out your average body weight and taking some photos and looking at your your strength progress like how much weight did i add to the bar and more more reps did i do than last week these are all the things that we can objectively measure but all the things that are going to influence the outcome that we want anyway Mm. so when you ultimately don't get the result that you want it should be then very easy for you to review those particular variables and make the changes to those because they're Mm. the only things you can actually fucking affect anyway well i think it's you know when i do these calls with women and i ask them some questions around their body weight and you know how many calories if they're tracking how many calories that they think that they're eating you know where all their current numbers are it's very easy for me to say to them well look either you're not tracking accurately because your body weight and fat levels don't really line up with what you say that you're eating and then when i usually dig a bit deeper they're like oh yeah you're right i don't track this and i don't track that or i just don't weigh things or i can look at their strength numbers and say you just need more muscle Mm. like you don't look like you want to look because you know and often i'll just use myself an example my body weight i'm like i can double nearly like deadlift double what you can you know and they're like oh that really makes sense and it's not to say that they're not doing a great job already and they haven't made great progress but i think women underestimate you know like the strength capability that they need to look like they want to look if they want to look that you know really toned athletic sort of body um and i also think that a lot of women uh don't realize what they're capable of you know they 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 look at me and think oh kitty when i say 100 kilo deadlift 120 kilo i'm like you can do that you can do it but you have to give it time and that's the thing it also takes time but just imagine if you put in 12 months 18 months of hard work built the muscle ate more food, you know, were consistent for a lifetime of freedom and waking up every day in a body that you loved 
We this is what sexy I preach every fuck. day to these uh, these shielders there. You know, yeah. it's just if you put the time in, you actually de- develop those habits and you become the thing that you want to become. You'll find that ongoing, the journey just becomes quite effortless. Mm. And even though you're still striving to add more weight to the bar and still continue to try and get as strong as possible, it's it's really at the end of the day because you've got all of the other foundations set in stone and this is just how you live your life now you'll find that you'll just actually start to enjoy that journey more and more mm. and that the the progress well it, it will always get harder as you become more advanced but it's not such a big deal because once you get past a certain point you're just going to look like a person who kind of lifts weights anyway mm. and then after like that you, Desa. exactly like me that's right mm. But once you get past that intermediate into advanced level, you'll see progress over the years. But for most people, they would look at you and they go, you look really good. Do you know what I mean? And you Mm. might make, you know, you might only add one to two kilos of lean body mass per year, like once you get to a a certain point. Mm. But it won't matter because a lot of people listen to that. They go, well, that's not very much. I'm like, yeah, but if you're at that stage where it's slowed down that much, you're going to look like a person who lifts weights when you're just walking Mm. around every day of the week. But to get to that point's not that hard. I mean, if you put in a good solid 18 months of like proper lifting and really trying to make all these changes, you'll, you'll, you'll be 70 to 80% of where you want to be mm. by that stage. Mm. And the other 20% is going to come over years and years and years. Mm. So I, I really think if you can just draw your line in the sand and, and learn to just really make the changes as early as possible mm. and realize that you are going to fuck it up and what you don't know now is just out of your control and that you'll continue to learn things and you'll learn how to become more efficient at doing things and you know every time you fail something you'll learn something as long as you have this approach this mindset of just like i don't have all the answers now but i'll keep learning you know if i fail now that's all right i'll keep going you know and and actually implement and learn from those mistakes make the changes that you need to to adjust and, and continue mm. to to move forward i think it's just it's a wonderful journey that once you actually get there when someone actually realizes what their true capability is there's no going back from after that mm. you know i've mm. never seen anyone regress that hard because you know they just didn't like it anymore mm. you mm. know it, it's it's usually for most people they're like well i'm here i'm just going to do the bare minimum now because that's all i really need to do it's like, well, that's pretty good. You only need to train two days a week and you walk on your other days and you just feel good all the time. Mm. There's a lot of people walking around who can't say that they feel like that. True, true. We've just got a few personal questions here from the listeners. Oh, this should be good. Catherine wants to know, what's your favourite food, Dazza? Oh, geez, I'm, I'm partial to a really good steak, to be honest. Mm. I did have a great steak mm. on the uh, on the wing. It was a... Uh, it was a dry-aged ribeye, 300 mm. gram, and it was amazing. So, yeah, I'll just go with a steak. Sounds yummy. Yeah, um, it really was. Peter wants to know, does Karen ring your bell frequently? Frequently. And I wouldn't even call it ringing the bell. I'd call it like a fucking punching bag because every time she get, does it, she gets a little bit overly excited and it fucking hurts. But this is the price you pay, isn't it? Eh? Sam would like to know, how did you and Karen meet? <laughs> wow. That's quite a story, and we could probably talk about that on a podcast of its own, to be honest. But, uh, Give us a summary version. Summary version. Friend of a friend introduced us, 
Kaza uh, was off her face on a number of different things that we won't talk about on the podcast. We've heard that Kaza was a bit of a loose cannon back in the day. Quite the loose yeah, cannon. she liked a bit of a party, didn't Quite she? Quite the loose cannon until she had my calming influence. And, uh, yeah, we I never really drunk all that much at that particular time. I was taking a bit of a break and... Uh, Needless to say, that night ended up me drinking more than I probably should have, and she was way beyond her point of threshold at that point, and somehow we managed to stumble into a hotel called the Ibis, classy joint, and the rest is history. So one night stands can last? Apparently so. Uh -uh. Mm. Uh -uh. There's one here from Tim. Tim's a male, obviously. Um, what's your favourite exercise, your favourite lift, Azza? Oh, yeah, that's a really good question. Oh, I think I'm probably going to go with the stiff leg. Stiff leg deadlift. deadlift. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm always partial to the deadlift. I still feel like, for me, that's the... That's the money. If I'm making progress on that, I'm going to be making progress on everything else. So that's mm -hmm. kind of my... Tier one gold standard movement. That mm. last question, Katrina wants to know, are you working on your carbs? Because they look like a pretty underdeveloped <laughs> body part. Yes, Katrina, I am for your fucking information. I am working on my carbs very diligently. And for your information, they have grown. Not a lot. <laughs> but they have grown comparatively to where they are before. And that's all that I can hope for. Well. Thanks, Dazza. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, you're very welcome. We really appreciate it. Uh, and as always, please take a screenshot and share your biggest takeaways on Instagram stories and tag me at K-I-T-T-Y-B-L-O-N-F-I-E-L-D. Would you quiet down over there? Oh, sorry. Sorry. Uh, and tag me with your biggest takeaways. And each month I pick a winner. They get a tub of Saturay uh, premium collagen valued at $79. And I'll be back again next week. Mm -hmm.